This is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. This is episode number 34 on the agenda or the never-ending hopeful series that you are all maybe enjoying. Anyways, we have a lot to break down this week as we have two major previews. As I will be previewing Sunday's Yokohama Dream Cinderella for stardom as well as NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, which is a two-night event starting next Wednesday. And then next week, it's WrestleMania time. So, you know, these these uh, next three weeks really are going to be very busy, very exciting, and I guess that's the best part about, you know, this time of year in the wrestling world. A lot of it's just super exciting, super packed. And we're going to, you know, jump into SmackDown now because SmackDown and Raw continue the build to WrestleMania. SmackDown was far better than Raw this time around, as per usual. Raw was actually maybe one of the worst Raws ever, but we'll get to that. So, on SmackDown, it was officially made that Daniel Bryan will be joining the WrestleMania Night 2 main event as he will fight for the... Universal Championship, um, Edge and Roman Reigns were not very happy about the addition. But as I said last week, and as you probably have seen on the Twitter and everywhere else, this was always likely. This was always likely because Daniel Bryan had made the story so much better than it was without him. And it really became one of the better stories in WWE because of him. I think the, you know, new character that Edge is going with is really cool. Uh, he's kind of just the tweener, more so heelish now. And if you followed Edge's career, you know that he is far better at the heel stuff than he ever is at the babyface. And that's not a shot at him. He's just a masterful heel. And I think this is going to be great. Uh, the show ended with, Edge smashing down both Reigns and Edge and and uh, Daniel Bryan while sitting there with this angry look on his face, kind of showing, you know what, I'm winning this title one way or another. And, you know, when we get to WrestleMania, when I do my predictions next week for the show, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick to win because, honestly, anyone can walk out as a champion. And I think that's something you really want as a WrestleMania main event. You want uncertainty. You don't want to go into it just knowing who the winner is. And I think that's a credit to the story they've built and the contenders themselves. You know, you can believe in all of them as world champion. They've all been world champion. So, bravo to SmackDown. Keep building on that. Uh, Sasha and Bianca finally heated up this week. Um, they got into each other's face. Bianca slapped the shit out of Sasha. Sasha then beat her down in the middle of the ring, standing tall. Finally, we're getting what we want, and it's these two going at it because they just want to prove who's the best. I think they tried to overcomplicate things, and that's something WWE does on a decent basis. These two can write a story beautifully because that's how charismatic they are. That's how great they are. And this is the story that they have been should have been telling. Not like, oh, we're friends, but we're not friends. 
yada, yada, yada. They could have done something like this is a respect match, but no, they added the Reginald shit. Uh, they made them team against Shayna and Nia Jax, and it just it just wasn't great, in my opinion. I'm sorry, it just it wasn't great. And now we're really jumping in. Unfortunately, you know, there's only two more SmackDowns left at, as of this recording, so it's a shame they couldn't get the full build. But I'll take anything I can get to really uh, buffer it up. Apollo Cruz pinned Big E in a uh, six-man tag team match, and the match has been made official. At WrestleMania, Big E will defend once again Apollo against Apollo Crews, and I think they would be good to add a stipulation because, as I said in my Fastlane preview and, you know, uh, review, I've been pretty vocal about how I think uh, this feud deserves the WrestleMania spotlight, but you need to go next step. This is going to be their fourth match, I believe, and, you know, Biggie's walked out as champion every single time. It's just a matter of, like, how do you book these guys again? And I think a, either a last man standing or a no holds barred or something like that could do really well for them. And they could tell a great story and have a great match. Seth Rollins versus Cesaro was also made official for WrestleMania. And that's really exciting as a fan because... This is going to be Cesaro's first singles match ever at WrestleMania. You know, considering how long his career has been, that's crazy. And he's fighting Seth Rollins, one of the top talents in the company. Anyone that disagrees with that is wrong. I'm excited to see what these two can do because ever since Rollins came back this time around, I think he's been having some great matches with, you know, Shinsuke. Um, he's had two of them and they've been great. He was good in the Royal Rumble. So I'm kind of really looking forward to seeing what these two can do on the big stage. Again, as I said, Cesaro deserves this spot. He's earned this spot. He's ha he's having a great run right now. Even on the microphone, like he is showing the world he deserves a spot. And I think that's something a lot of people have believed in for a long time. But being able to show the people he works for that he deserves a spot, always that much better. And Seth, again, he's in this great role where he's mixed his um, original WWE Championship heel run when he was the authority guy with the Messiah to really create this really fun character that can leave you laughing when he gets beat up. And I think that's a you know compliment to him and the work he's doing. I think, really, that's um, great for him. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. It should be a good one. My only gripe when it comes to SmackDown is this. Bailey was not on SmackDown once again, and it's looking very unlikely she has a match for WrestleMania. And I think that's an absolute crime. It's an absolute crime because Bailey carried this company alongside Sasha Banks for over the past year. Yeah, she has slowed down because she's not the champion anymore, but what her and Sasha Banks did was keep the show afloat and be the most entertaining part on SmackDown, Raw, NXT. It didn't matter. And the fact that they think it's okay to just keep her off the card, unacceptable because you have a stupid-ass Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon match, which is the worst story told on television, but you can't get Bailey on the card? Bailey, one of your top talents in the entire company? I don't think so. I'm giving them one more chance. This week on SmackDown, they have to do something to get her on that card. She deserves to be on that card, and it will be a crime. It, it's not even as if like they did the thing they did with Alexa Bliss a few years ago and made her the host of the show because they couldn't think of a match. No, she has nothing. She hasn't been on the show. She has absolutely nothing. Give her a match with Michael Cole. Who says no? I mean, probably most people, but I would love it. I just want Bailey on the show. I want Bailey to get her proper respect because she is simply, simply one of the best people they have, one of the best workers in the world because of what she's able to do on the microphone in the ring. I think she's just one of the real complete packages. And it would be a shame if they keep her off the card completely. Absolute shame because there's no way she should be. She helped build Bianca for where she is now. Like, 
Bianca's a star. She's always been a star. But getting that big feud with Bailey and that win is major. And winning the Royal Rumble, of course, helps too. But I think that feud really helped Bianca make the next step. And it, again, it would just be an absolute crime if Bailey's not included on the WrestleMania card in some way, shape, or form. So why don't we talk about Monday Night Raw? As much as I don't really want to, it feels right that we do that. And I'm not going to harp much on it because I feel like every other podcast and every show that probably covers WWE probably harps on it every single week. And that's not what I'm here to do. That's never been my goal with this show. My goal is to talk about what I enjoy, why you should watch it. And the fun stuff of what's happened this week. And for the most part, Monday Night Raw did not have anything remotely close to fun or entertaining. It was a show that did not feel like you were building to a WrestleMania, but maybe instead a show like a Battleground. It was just overbooked and it was another case of where you wonder how is SmackDown and Raw the same company because most of the time they are just in completely different leagues and if we're looking at these two shows in particular it's a real case of that Uh, Monday Night Raw was bad they broke up the Hurt Business which made very little sense in the way they did it. Um, It was mostly Bobby Lashley being angry at Cedric and Shelton for not being able to take out Drew McIntyre, so they ended it. And it's unfortunate because, you know, Shelton and Cedric did a really good job at bouncing back along with Lashley and really mattering and it it seems like they just kind of broke up the they broke them up just to break them up and it really made no sense because had Lashley say lost the title at WrestleMania I feel like that could have led to a story where a breakup is possible but this one made very little sense it happened very quick and they really just kind of moved on from the storyline of Cedric Alexander being the one who's just kind of trying to shine. Because if you remember, Shelton and Cedric were having problems together. And, you know, as I said, they dropped that. And this is where they went. At the end of Monday Night Raw, they had Baron Corbin show up to beat down Drew McIntyre and help Bobby Lashley beat him down. It just... It just is so overbooked right now on Raw. And it's a shame because I think Bobby and Drew are going to have a great match at WrestleMania. I do. I really do. But then you look at the Braun Strowman and Shane stuff, which is just all-time bad in terms of feuds. Uh, The way they changed the Rhea-Asuka direction this week was, oh, we'll team up to face Nia and Shayna again. Like... That's not what we want. That's We just did that with Bianca and Sasha. What's the point? Book something else. Be creative. That is the purpose of the job at hand for these people. Creativity. And this is just lazy. It's lazy and it's shameful. And you know what? I don't want to talk about Raw anymore because that is not the type of show I want to have. And I feel like... I have one of these once a month where I just kind of destroy them. And that's fine. I think, you know, everyone has to lay it in once in a while. But I'm, I'm just not going to give them the time anymore. But what I will happily give time to is stardom. Uh, you know, if you listen to my show, how much I love stardom and how much it means to me as a fan. And this coming weekend, they have another big uh, pay-per-view show. Yokohama Dream Cinderella, and 
it looks like a pretty good card. So we're going to, you know, go through the card, talk about the matches. But I do want to say that Cosmic Angels versus Queen's Quest at Corican from last Friday is my match of the week because it perfectly puts together how great stardom can be. You know, they don't always need to have these singles matches to put on a show. And I think that's really a tale for Josh. Joshi as a whole, uh, you know, their tag matches, their trios tag matches can end up being, you know, some of the best matches of the year. And this is no exception. I thought, you know, Queen's Quest, my beloved Queen's Quest, as I like to call them, because, you know, every single person in that group is either one of my favorites or I just truly believe in. Um, they are the group I connect with in terms of just like as a fan and you know they came up short and that saddened me but it's hard to take anything off of Tam Nakano right now because she's at a different level from many in wrestling right now that's how good she's been and like the thing with Tam that I've learned is that sometimes she can be off her game and she can miss and that's fine but Tam isn't off her game at all. She's on her game. When she's on her game, she's one of the absolute best. Uh, you know, it's been a great run, and she's continuing that. And I thought she shined in this match. Her and Momo had a wonderful closing sequence that really topped off this match. Um, Saya Kamatani had some star-dazzling moves as well as she likes to do when she did the tope over the top rope crashing down on all the cosmic angels and Azumi's just one of the best plain and simple uh, she has most of the time one of if not my favorite match on any card she's on and this was another case of that and you know I've been pretty vocal about how much of a fan I am of Momo and what I hope for her in the future. But either way, this was a great match. I think Cosmic Angels, you know, had to keep winning because that's the direction they're going in. Now, don't get me wrong. If Queen Quest won, we were going to have some really great matches down the chute. But for now, I understand it. Uh, and I like Unagi Sayaka and, uh, and uh, Shirakawa. I like them. It's not a sense of me disliking any of the people in this match. I just like Queen's Quest a lot. I think some people are very vocal about how they feel about Unagi. I like Unagi. I think she's really good at what she does so far, and I, I could see her improving. And I think she's the one that they're hoping that comes out of Cosmic Angels as a star. But that's just kind of what I'm feeling. I may be wrong. That's that, but yeah, this match was great. Definitely check it out. Um, the ending sequence is masterful. These these talent are just incredible. And, you know, these artists of Stardom Belts are great because every match it feels so important, so special, which can't be said about a lot of trios titles. So let's... Dig into this major, major show. Um, it's another big arena show. And if there's anything to go off of All-Star Dream Cinderella, this could very much deliver once again. Now, it doesn't have the card that that show had. But, you know, I trust these talents to show up and deliver every single time. So, in the opening match, we have Azumi facing um, Hina and Lady C. Pretty uh, basic match for Azumi here. I'm definitely picking her to win. I think, you know, building up her wins isn't a bad thing uh, as she moves on to bigger and brighter things after losing the high speed title last show. Um, it it kind of hurts me that she doesn't have as important of a match as, you know, I think her talents should. But I also understand that you can't have your favorites always be in these important matches. And that's just that's just how it goes. And I'm definitely picking Azumi to win here. I think um, anything else would be a real shock. 
We have Momo Watanabe versus Mina Shirakawa. Um, I, I think this is where Momo gets her win back, some momentum, and I would be stunned if she didn't. I think this is going to be a strong night for Queen Quest overall. And if she doesn't beat uh, Mina, I'm going to have a real problem. Not saying Mina's bad by any means, but Momo deserves these wins. Momo was a dominant Wonder of Stardom champion, maybe the most dominant ever. And the idea that, well, she was the most dominant ever, that goes without saying. But the idea that if she's losing to Mina in a match that she shouldn't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a few problems with that. Uh, but I'm taking Momo to win. Unagi Sayaka versus Saya Kamatani. This is actually one of the matches I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Sayaka, again, like I've said, is impressive to me because you could see her growth match in and match out. She's really good at, you know, being the underdog of her match. And I think Saya, especially after the way she shine at All-Star Dream Cinderella has a big spot here. It's a big spot to get a big win and continue a great night for Queen's Quest. Uh, I'm definitely taking Saya to win, but Unagi could steal it. I definitely think they're building to big things with Unagi. So, you know, that's who I'm I'm not 100% sure on this one. But I'm definitely going to take Saya Kamatani here because I think they're even higher on her for good reason due to what she's able to do. We have this major elimination tag team match between Stars and Oedo Tai. The loser, the last person to be eliminated, will have to switch factions, which is very, very interesting to me um, because... You know, we've already seen factions change. Uh, Ra- Ruaka is the one that started this. She switched over to Oedo Tai, turning on Mayu Iwatani. Uh, but the competitors are as followed. Mayu, Sayaida, Starlight Kid, Hannon, and Gokichin Death versus Natsuka Tora, Ruaka, Konami, Sakakashima, and Rina. Um, so... Funny, uh, first time I saw Rena was this past week when she was in a six-person tag match, and her and Hannon were the closing um, segment. And these two are going to be superstars, like absolutely top-of-the-stardom peak stars. They're both very young still. They have plenty of time to keep uh, keep going, but they are already very good, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. Because I think they could be rivals for a very long time. And it, it's impressive to think how good stardom's going to be in the future, considering how young uh, some of their talent are that are already shining. It's really exciting. And when it comes down to this match, I'm picking stars to win because they have said that if we they win, they're not going to accept whoever is eliminated last. And I don't know. I just don't see anyone switching groups because like I said we just had that and these groups seem to need to calm down right now we need to figure out who's really locked in and I think stars is at a healthy spot right now and I think Oedo Tai is too so I don't know if anyone should be necessarily flipping sides uh, we got the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Tam Nakano makes her first defense against Natsupoi, the high-speed champion. This match has a very, 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 very good chance of being the match of the night, in my opinion. I think Natsupoi is an absolute star. Um, I, know, I know other people do as well. Tam Nakano, as I talked about earlier, is on a different level right now. I think these two are going to have excellent chemistry in there for singles, and I really do expect this to be the match of the night. Of course, I am picking Tam Nakano to win. If she loses, that would be absolutely wild. Uh, but, yeah, it, this is Tam's night, um, much like it's going to be you know, moving forward. Um, I think the next big match that they have to build to is going to be Tam and Mayu uh, for the title. Because, to me, 
that has to be the most exciting match possible for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, um, you know, off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, they could go a different way, but I think that is the way to go. But, yeah, I'm picking Tam. We have the World of Stardom Championship as Utami Hayashishita defends against former World of Stardom champion Bea Priestley. Bea Priestley has been built to be this the biggest threat to Tommy's reign yet. And I think that's saying a lot considering who she's faced so far. Um, but this is clearly a match that I see Utami winning. I don't think she should be losing that title anytime soon. And I think the only person she loses that title to is Julia. Uh, I am actually looking forward to this match because... As much of a fan I'm not of Bea Priestley, I think she's been having some good work in the past couple months. Um, I think she's, you know, put something together that could really have a good match with the way Utami wrestles. And Utami has been great in all of her championship matches so far. So I only expect her to further that with another great match here. But yeah, Utami all the way. The Goddesses of Startup Championship, excuse my yard, will main event as Micah and Hamika defend their titles against their Donna Del Mondo um, groupmates, Julia and Siri. I wrote an article this week. Uh, you can check out on lastwordonsports.com slash pro wrestling, which was talking about... Why is Utami not main eventing another big show? Now, it made sense to me 100% the first time. Julia versus Tam, hair versus hair. Like, that was the match to main event that last show. But I can't say Donna Del Mondo tag team title match should highlight, should headline a show where it's Utami versus a former World of Stardom Championship. Now, that's just my opinion. And I think this Goddess of Stardom Championship match is probably going to slap. I think it's going to be really good. Um, Julia and Siri wearing the same, like, uh, street attire is pretty cool. Uh, Micah and Himika have really been making me a fan of their tag team work recently. So, you know, in a sense, I think they're going to do really well. It's just a, It's just a case of me wanting more and I guess I'm not really that upset about not seeing Bea Priestley in the main event but it just I feel like it would make sense to put a Tommy in the main event that being said I'm taking the champions Micah and Tamika to win Julia getting pinned and continuing her downfall because I think that's where this is going a continuous downfall before the rise of Julia to the world title so that was my Yokohama uh, Dream Cinderella 2021 preview. I will be reviewing it next week as well. So make sure to keep your eyes out for that. Really exciting show, though, overall. Now let's get to NXT. So some news this week. NXT will be moving to Tuesdays starting April 13th. Pretty important. Um, and we've already been teased a debut on that show. It looks like it will be the debuting Taya Valkyrie, um, former Knockouts World Champion in Impact, actually the longest rating in history. Um, she's also won gold pretty much everywhere she's been. Uh, but yeah, that, that looks to be on the horizon. And we're going to have a Stand Deliver preview, which will really you know allow us to talk about everything that happened on this show. So rather than going through that, just to go back to the preview, we'll jump into the preview right now because it's the, t the takeover stand deliver card is looking great it is really looking like another great takeover. Maybe their best lineup of two nights really ever. Um, and I think that's credit to them. So night one will air April 7th at 8 o'clock on the USA Network and P1 
Peacock. So you don't have to watch it on TV if you don't want to. And I, I don't know if that means no commercial breaks or anything. But this will be the first live event streaming on Peacock. To kick off the night, it will be Kushida facing off with Pete Dunne. Uh, Pete Dunne challenged the entire NXT locker room a few weeks ago. He wanted to show that he was the best technical wrestler in the world. And in the battle royal to decide the six competitors in the gauntlet eliminator, these two really went at it. And these two took each other out of the match. And they will have a singles match. And it should be... Uh, I'm looking at this card. I can't even say it should be the match of the night. There's Every single match on this night one card is absolutely fantastic. It won't, it won't probably be the match of the night. And honestly, it probably won't be the match of the two-night event. But it's going to be a great one. Expect a technical battle between these two. I'm going to pick uh, Pete Dunne to win. Even though Kushida could use the win, I think Pete Dunne's going to win this one. The Gauntlet Eliminator for an opportunity at the NXT North American Championship on Night 2. So the way this starts is Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott will start off the match. And every few minutes or something, I think someone else comes down and you know, keeps going until everyone's eliminated. I'm very happy Swerve's getting on a takeover. I think he very much deserves it. Uh, I don't think he's going to win, but I'm excited for that. But the other participants are also Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight. So I have, um, you know, to me this is a pretty easy decision. I think Dexter Loomis is going to be the one that wins this, goes on to the next night to face Johnny Gargano because that's the feud they've been telling. It would be weird if they did any otherwise. Um, But, yeah, I'm picking Loomis. This should be a good match again, though, because... You know, of the different factors, a lot of good wrestlers in this match, and some pure entertainment, so it should be fun. The NXT, the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships will be on the line in a triple threat match as the Dusty Cup winners MSK faces off with the Grizzled Young Veterans and Legado de la Fantasma. This is going to be insane. Absolutely insane. When you have MSK, Legato Del Fantasma in there, you know it's going to be insane in terms of jaw-dropping, unbelievable moves, and just fantastic wrestling. And the Grizzled Young Veterans are so good at what they do. So I'm really looking forward to how they do this triple threat. Uh, you know, MSK and Grizzled had a great, great match the last takeover, so I'm only expecting great here. Um, I will take the Grizzled Young Veterans to win the tag team titles. I, I don't think MSK will be crowned champions just yet. I think they're going to get their first speed bump and eventually will work to that rematch between MSK and Grizzled Young Veterans. But it would be right to put the titles on the heels here, I believe. The NXT United Kingdom Championship will be on the line as Volta faces off with Tommaso Ciampa. Very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, Anytime Walter steps in a ring, it's exciting. And this has a very great chance to be the match of the uh, night. But, again, just a packed card. Um, Walter and Tommaso Ciampa, the feud started when... Champa told Imperium he would take all of them out. Then Walter appeared. Walter had has destroyed Champa two out of the past three weeks. And I think this match is going to be everything a fan wants. It's going to be beyond physical. These two are going to lay into each other. And I just hope they get enough time because due to it being on the USA Network, you know it's going to be a two-hour event. And I think they can fit all these matches in in two hours. It's just a matter of giving them the appropriate time. But this match should be great. I'm picking Walter, of course. I believe he defends the next day on the NXT UK Prologue show against Rampage Brown. So it seems only inevitable that Walter is the one that walks out as the winner. In the main event of Night 1 and NXT, Io Shirai faces off with Rick Helgonzalez for the NXT 
Women's Championship. Io Shirai on NXT this week brought the fight to Raquel Gonzalez time and time again as the challenger continuously put Io down, but not for long. Io kept coming back and back, and the show ended with Io standing tall as she hit a magical crossbody onto the entire locker room and Raquel to send us off. Uh, this match is going to be really fun. Io has had an incredible run as NXT Women's Champion. Even if her feuds haven't been great, she has just been so good in this role. And unfortunately, I do see it coming to an end, and I see Raquel Gonzalez winning. But, you know, I hope... I think Raquel Gonzalez is going to be a great champion. It's just I'm worried about what happens to EO next. But that's a conversation for another day. I'm taking Raquel Gonzalez. Night 2. Thursday, April 8th. Only on Peacock here in the United States, the WWE Network everywhere else. Pretty big night ahead. A ladder match for the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Championship will be between Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin. I expect this match to be very good. Um, And I do expect Santos Escobar to walk out as the winner. I think he has been great as champion, and I think it would be wrong if he didn't continue as champion. The NXT Women's Tag Team Championships are on the line as Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon face off with the Ways, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae picked up a huge win this week when um, Hartwell hit a picture-perfect move. Springboard elbow drop onto um, was it Gigi Dolene? I don't know. They had uh, two PC trainees, you know, not official NXT roster members yet, but uh, it was picture perfect, and that you know gave them the confidence to challenge. And they will face off with Shotzi and Ember Moon. I'm picking Shotzi and Ember Moon. I don't think we're going to keep flip-flopping these titles. Um, I think Shotzi and Ember are going to have a very nice uh, shine with these titles for a few months. The NXT North American Championship will be on the line as Johnny Gargano faces the winner of the Night One Gauntlet. I'm picking Dexter Loomis for that. I'm picking Johnny Gargano for this. I don't think Loomis should be winning if he does get to the spot. Um, it's just, it's not for me. I think uh, a Bronson Reed makes a lot of sense in terms of who could beat Gargano for that title, but Dexter Loomis is not the option. Unsanctioned match. Kyle O'Reilly faces Adam Cole. This is the match, ladies and gentlemen. This is the match that counts. This is the match that matters. This is the match. They had a prime target special on NXT this week to hype up the match. And my oh my, this might have been the best prime target yet. The story being told here, the history between these two, the story between these two, it's fantastic. I'm really excited for this match. I think... This has to be the leader in the clubhouse in terms of what will be a favorite or what will be the match of the Knights. I think this has to be the leader. I think these two are going to go to war and have a awesome match. And finally, the NXT Championship is... Oh, I didn't pick a winner. Um, I am going to pick Kyle O'Reilly. I think Kyle O'Reilly gets the big win, but I could understand if Adam Cole did. The NXT Championship will be on the line as Finn Balor defends against Karrion Cross. They've had a pretty good build for this. This is the inevitable match. I'm picking Karrion Cross to win. I think the future is Cross. Um, and I don't even think he'll have that long of a run. Finn, Finn's been great, but I do think they want to get it back on Cross. Um, I would prefer a Finn one, but hey, this isn't about me. But yes, that is your NXT's TakeOver Stand and Deliver preview. A very, very, very 
exciting show coming next week. Finally, let's get on to AEW to wrap up the night or show. I guess you probably aren't necessarily watching this at night, so that's on me. I apologize. Anyways, let's talk about it. So, AEW started off with Christian Cage's first singles match in seven years as he faced Frankie Kazarian. This match went a really long time. Like a really long time. I don't know why it went so long. And it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just fine. Um, Christian Cage, of course, got the win. Because why the hell would he lose his first match against Frankie Kazarian? Uh, It was fine. Like I said, it wasn't um, by any means super great. And... If you cut off five to ten minutes of it, it would have been a lot better. Darby Allen seems to have essentially called out Matt Hardy. Um, I guess this is the next feud for Darby. I mean, I have negative interest in Matt Hardy matches um, now that he's wrestling normal matches. Um, I don't really have the effect for the cinematic matches much anymore but at least those were really fun and creative I'm not looking forward to this even remotely Um, Jade Cargill had an awesome promo and she also beat down Red Velvet later in the show Jade Cargill I feel like every week we talk about her on this show we know how much of a star she is and I feel like it's only necessary because it just proves itself week after week after week after week but yeah she brought the heat she is that bitch as she likes to call herself and I am excited for her versus Red Velvet uh, too Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall Uh, QT Marshall wanted to prove that he wasn't just um, Cody Rhodes's. I don't know I don't really care. QT Marshall um, ended up punching on Anderson, which effectively ended the match. And then QT Marshall got his own faction. Um, Aaron Solo. uh, Alexander Gobo, which is a former Olympic boxer. And Nick Camaroto, who is an absolute monster of a man. Um, He kind of looks like Bruiser Brody a bit. That's his new faction. Uh, they beat down the rest of the Rhodes family, Nightmare family, and yeah, sure. If you're into this, great. If you're not like I wasn't, because I don't really care about QT Marshall and him having his own faction, um, then you were kind of cool with it. Uh, but I am excited for uh, Kamaroto. He seems pretty cool. And the Gobo. He's um. Olympic boxer could be pretty good in the wrestling role. Um, John Moxley had a promo saying he was going to kill Cesar Bononi in the middle of the ring. He's not done with Kenny Omega yet. He ended up having a match with Cesar Bononi, and of course, he defeated him via sleeper hold. Team Taz had yet another promo session where they clearly aren't on the same page still and that is bad news for them because I think we're going to get a Cage versus Ricky Starks match down the line. I think that's where we're going. Um, Interesting because Team Taz is exciting but they always seem to have these groups and so many groups you know because we have QT Marshall having his own group and I think if there was any group I would pick to break up, it wouldn't necessarily be Team Taz, but hey, it is what it is. The Pinnacle had their celebration or whatever the fuck where MJF was going to give them a prize. It was clearly promised to be suits. And when he went to open the bathroom door, the inner circle was there. Um clearly pissed off the beatdown ensued absolutely brutalized 
I believe it was Dax Hardwood that was bleeding everywhere. And Jericho threw MJF's head through a Pepsi machine. So that was pretty funny. Um, I don't know necessarily what kind of match this ends up being. Could be another stadium stampede, maybe, um, at double or nothing. But clearly that's where we're building to. Trios match. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers face off with the Lucha Bros and the Laredo Kid. Another great match in the you know arms of the Lucha Bros, especially Phoenix. Like I feel like this is getting to be a weekly basis type thing. Absolutely fantastic bout between uh, these guys. Um, it wasn't as good as last week's. I thought last week's was better between them and the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. But I thought this was great. And Laredo Kid ended up getting uh, losing as Kenny Omega hit the one-winged angel. But before this match, which is worthy of note, is that Mac Jackson and Don Callis got on each other's face. Um, and they snapped at each other. Callis slapped Matt. And this continues the... Further breakup of the original Elite. After this match, though, Moxley walks down. And, you know, it looks like he's going to go in and fight um, Omega and the Good Brothers alone. But no, 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 no. The Young Bucks went out there to support him. Very interesting. Very interesting team we got here. And next week, it will be Omega and the Good Brothers versus Moxley and the... Young Bucks, very exciting. Um, I'm very much looking forward to the way they do this match um, because I think Moxley and the Young Bucks is just a very exciting group. Uh, Britt Baker had a very quick promo on the show, nothing of note. Ty Conchi and Hikaru Shida teamed against Nyla Rose and The Bunny. The bunny ended up getting the pinfall on Conchi, but uh, the Conchi-Shida combination is very cool, very fun. I think two of those two are very good together, and I, I love both of them, so I could definitely deal with them further. Uh, Got to give some love to Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy cut a promo about Beer Country, because next week it will be Jurassic Express versus Beer Country in a... Is it Beer Country? Is that their name? Oh, man. I'm going to say yes. Um, they're presenting it like uh, Godzilla versus Kong, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm excited for this because uh, Jurassic Express never misses to me. I feel like they always have really good matches anytime they get to shine. And Jungle Boy's promo is pretty good on this show. Um, and finally, the ending of the show saw the Arcade Anarchy match between Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, Miro, and Kip Sabian. Uh, considering I wasn't looking forward to this match, it ended up being really good brawl, really good fight. Um, Chris Statlander returned. She rose uh, out of a claw machine which like had aliens in it. And it was a reminder to her few with Penelope before, before she got injured last year. It was really cool to see Chris back. Chris is, you know, such a good part of that roster. And I think she's absolutely a former AW Women's Champion. So big love for that. Big pop for me. She absolutely hit a perfect Mishinuku driver, Mishinuku driver on Penelope Ford through a table, wiping her out. Then Trent returned. Um, via his mom's minivan to help aid Orange and Trent taking out Miro and ultimately resulted in Kip Sabian getting pinned for the win. A very fun match. Um, Orange Cassidy's new theme song by the Pixies is very enjoyable. Really fits him. And it's just kind of cool because it's a real song. So like hearing that going as the show went off the air was awesome. And another great episode of Dynamite. Uh, they are really hitting on all cylinders right now, and I'm happy about that. 
you know, considering I wasn't a big fan of the Revolution pay-per-view. But that's it this week. A really long show. Hopefully it was a good show. We have a very, very, very big show next week as we will be reviewing both Yokohama, Dream Cinderella, Stand and Deliver. And we will be previewing WrestleMania. Big show. Very big show. Lots of big wrestling next week. Next week is the biggest week in wrestling of the year. Very exciting. But, you know, until then, check out uh, my stuff on Twitter. At Scotty Wrestling, W-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Check out my articles. Last word on sports.com slash pro wrestling slash Scott Edwards. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, you can also check me out on Inside the Ropes, where I have one feature done. I have another feature coming up, which is cool. You can check me out there. And you can always check this podcast out on either Last Run Sports or on Near Falls Media as part of the Dragon Suplex Network. So please, please continue to support me. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope we're getting better and better each week. And until next time, have a good one, everybody. また美学でしょう